friends. Today we're talking about, ooh, that was like a weird intro, like, hello, friends. Hello. I don't know if I like that. I'll, I'll have to try other intros. I, by the way, I did look it up after, after recording it, and it is Potato McWhiskey. And uh, I'm still super jealous of his, his buddies. Oh, I love it so much. I wish you guys were all potatoes. And then I could say, hey, buddies, without like feeling like I'm just totally ripping off a YouTube creator that I really like. Unfortunately, you are not potatoes, so I have to come up with my own creative thing. So <clears throat> now, in theory, I am creative enough. I should be able to, but we will see how I go from here. So anyways, I had promised to talk to you guys today about licensing and, you know, games and intellectual property and all that kind of stuff and in, in, in lieu of talking about the who what where when why and how um i do think the why and how of andec media will be something i'll touch on later and it is something that can be incredibly interesting but would be uh especially the how would be a deeper dive and it and there's a lot of different things like how do we do podcasts how do we make games how do we write books i mean those are all like the how-to phase or craze or maze um is is really a deeper piece that i wouldn't want to just kind of breeze through in a one episode and i think it would make a little series of you know each one of those things and then the uh who what where when why oh the why well i can touch on the why very briefly here why because we are creative people and if we don't do something creative we are miserable (laughs) i mean i know that's seems trite and contrived and whatnot but you know i i spent a lot of my time you know before really really pushing to do andac and stuff with these guys like i I was just had a lot of creative endeavors and ideas and i would do them and i would do them just alone and by myself and it was always kind of depressing to be like making a joke or making a reference or doing something and nobody knows what the heck you're talking about you have no further world than your own little you know gray mush up in your dome so There is something fun and great and wonderful about sharing it and getting it out into the world. So that is the why. Um, Basically, if I'm going to TLDR the why, gray mush in dome need out go. Amen. Okay, so let's talk about licensing. And the evils of licensing. No, see, that's the funny thing, like. A lot of times you do, you get this feeling like people are like, oh, I got to pay a licensing fee or whatever. And and I come from the software world in my day job. You know, I do. I am the director of marketing, but I also handle all the software and technology and things like that. And, you know, some of the software we use has incredibly expensive licensing associated with it. But there is, you know, a whole infrastructure of people who need to walk away from a day you know, the end of the day, they need to, be able to go home, you know, run their debit card or credit card or whatever, and <clears throat> know that there is money there based on all the time and work they spent. And that's where, you know, licensing helps create that industry. And it's not this evil monolithic thing. Now, 
<clears throat> also being from the, the programming world, and actually in, in what I do specifically, I utilize a lot of open source stuff, a lot of stuff that is essentially free. You know, it's uh, the MIT license that most, almost all software uses, or almost all open source software uses, is basically says, yeah, you can use this, you can modify it, you can make money off it, you can monetize and all these things. And that is, I mean, that's how I am able to work and get my job done. And, and honestly, so I use a, a framework called Laravel and it's released on the MIT. And then I use another framework on top of that called Livewire, which is, you know, released under the MIT license. And, and then I build the stuff that I sell to customers and clients on those different tools. And there's, then there's, there's more and more layers below that. I mean, obviously PHP is open source. Symphony is open source, you know, so all these kind of things is you, you have these, um, by the way, those things I just mentioned were pieces that Laravel and uh, by, uh, abstraction live wire and all that <clears throat> utilize or built on. So anyways, point being, and actually the creator of live wire just recently did a, a podcast where he talked about this and, um, kind of got me thinking about it. And actually inspired me to do this podcast. So, Caleb, thank you for your inspiration. You will never know me, probably, but uh, you've definitely inspired me with with this kind of thing. So, thank you. Um, <laughs> and so, <clears throat> what was I talking about? Licensing. So, the the thing about licensing is that you know a lot of times you are using it to pay someone for their work you know, to, to give them money to keep doing the work they're doing and to keep going forward from where they're going. So it's about letting people have a livable wage to move forward. And that is the, the kind of the core concept and the core idea behind like licensing software and things like that. But now we talk about licensing intellectual property or in error licensing fandoms and games and things like that. And that's what I really want to talk about. So I'm used to licensing in my day job and in my work and all that with dealing with the proprietary software we use. I don't have to worry about the licensing with the open source software I use, although those guys need to be able to make money. So it's, it's always a good uh, to support them wherever you can. But then I also want to talk about licensing in the world of creativity, because in the world of creativity, you have people who are creating worlds, universes, whatever fandoms really is what they're building and they're saying i will let you use my fandom i will let you borrow my fandom to make money so in this way they're saying you want to make money you can utilize the the base everything i've created now i have to approve what you're creating because it's my original concept but i will let you borrow the fandom to make some money and I, and I know I talked about this in my post on Substack, but, you know, there is a number of things that I've got hanging on my office wall. Even now, I was created by someone in a third party having a license to create it. So the third party is able to borrow the fandom of the, the larger organization, larger base, and then use that to create an object that the first party isn't making you know whether it's a knickknack paddywhack give a dog a bone or if it's uh an experience or something like that or even a, a spin-off of like game or something you know they they are licensed to do that they have access to the ip they make it 
they sell it to you. You like it. You pay them money. And, and so then by, you know, they're paying for the license. So it, and, it, and it builds the core fandom even more, which is kind of a part of the circle of the relationship that makes it better. So the reason why we didn't try to license Tron, I mean, that's the elephant in the room, right? And I, I think there's, there's a couple of reasons here. First of all, Andak is a very small independent studio and I couldn't ever afford to go to Disney and ask them to give me anything remotely close to a, a fair price for developing a game for Tron. I mean, there's that, that's just not even in the, in the playing cards here. The other thing is that, uh, you know, I don't think I, I, I I don't think the Tron license is what's needed for this game that we, you know, we're, we're, we're more borrowing the idea of, you know, the cultural recognition of, Hey, do you remember that scene in Tron that was played for like a minute in the whole film? I want to make a board game based on that, but it doesn't need to be a Tron game because we're not playing like the disc game. We're not escaping the computer. We're not, you know, dealing with the, M MPC or M MCP, whatever it was. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen Tron, <laughs> but the, the key is, is that I, I didn't need or want the rest of the lore. I needed and wanted people to realize what I was trying to build from remembering that. And so I can talk about it being like that scene from Tron, but I can't, you know, say this is, from Tron or this is the Tron game. And truthfully, our game is significantly different now lore wise than, than, um, than Tron. And part of that is because we decided to, you know, build it into our own lore. What, what had happened was when we decided we had to put uh, frontier on the back burner, I said, you know, Mike and Rob were like, well, we still want to do a Kickstarter to, to kind of help fund some of this development. What can we do? And I said, well, I, I've got light racer sitting in the shadow waiting to, to go. It just needs a Kickstarter to help fund its production. And I said, but I think we should put it in the stellar empire universe. And part of that is because after developing the stellar end of empire universe for skirmish, stellar empire skirmish, I realized that I had a cool base there and I wanted to build out the universe. So I've worked on a couple of games. Um, there's Stellar Empire Revolution. There's Stellar Empire Rivals. Uh, just a couple other games. And then I've got actually a, a potentially a TCG that I've kind of come up with the idea for, which I'll talk about in another episode at some point. But TCGs are elusive for me. Like as much as I am like prolific at making game mechanics and game designs, I've had such a hard time trying to come up with a TCG game mechanic but I think I finally figured one out. So we'll talk about that another time, but that, that is, I want to do something with the TCG in the stellar empire universe. Anyways, by the way, TCG stands for trading card game. Think Pokemon. So what we got here is the idea of developing the world into, or the universe into its own intellectual property. And that allows us, to not only create our own games based off of it, but it also allows us to then, you know, license it ourselves if other people find it interesting enough 
to want to make a Stellar Empire game themselves so we can continue to build more and more Stellar Empire games. So, you know, right now we have two of them. We have Stellar Empire Skirmish and we've got Stellar Empire First Contact, which is an expansion for Skirmish. And then we'll have Stellar Empire Light Racer once we finish this. And then I'll eventually roll out uh, Stellar Empire Revolution, which is actually basically a reskinning of the Revolutionary War game I made. But for the where it's about the liberation of the uh, Maytens Junta from the Rogers Republic, which all that, if you want to know what that means, <laughs> you can check out the Stellar Empire wiki at actually Stellar Empire dot wiki. Uh, and it, it can talk about a lot of stuff. And, and actually, if you do check out that wiki, you can see that we are building up this this IP. And, you know, right now I've got it licensed under the Creative Commons. But the idea is, is that we will we will push it into uh, actual license where people can then go ahead and utilize our fandom and utilize our IP to build their own, you know, maybe a source book for an RPG or maybe their own board game. That's like they've got this really great idea for a space battle game or something, but they don't have like graphics or races or things and they want to set it in something. That's the idea of, you know, creating our own IP is to give other designers and other creatives a place to, you know, pick up and utilize something that we've created because we are a group of very creative people who have a lot, a lot of like nuanced detail in our head. Like, for example, we were talking about Light Racer and how it's like the entire galactic, uh, galactic community is watching it and betting on it in real time. So we're like, okay, how do we do that? So of course, um, you know, you, you, we wanted to keep it somewhat grounded in science, but really not because it's impossible. So I sat down and I said, well, you know, there is the concept of Ansible that comes up from um, Ender's Game, which was borrowed from another sci-fi property. I forget its name. Anyways, so I wanted to create a way that we could then justify having instantaneous communication. And I took the idea of the Ansible and kind of wrote my own version. And then because of that, I was like, okay, well now I need to come up with my own version of software for this. And then I came up with my own like cracked versions of the software because it's super proprietary. So obviously like these are the kind of things we think about and we do and we build into this world and it creates this rich environment and atmosphere that can then be, you know, licensed out and used for other things. So, wow, I'm at 15 minutes already. Um, that is crazy. I didn't realize this, the time went by so quick. So, anyways, to recap, licensing is good. And we are making a game with our own creativity and building our own fans, which hopefully you will be by listening to this podcast. You're going to become a fan of ours. And then that can allow for a greater and larger universe to be built in hopes. So thank you all for joining me today. I will be talking next time about something. So stay tuned. Bye.